Welcome to a Veterans Podcast, powered by Wisconsin Veterans Network, the show where we hear unique, inspiring stories from veterans all over. Veterans who've transitioned, who've overcome obstacles, and even those still struggling. We will learn all veterans have a unique story, ones filled with pain and triumphs, and we will learn no veteran is alone, no matter the path they took. We share their stories to help motivate and inspire the world, to help understand what it means to be a veteran, and most of all, we share to give them a voice amongst the noise. You can find us at aveteranspodcast.com to learn more and how you can be a part of the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Veterans Podcast. Don't judge me. I was feeling excited. Um, I'm always excited to record. You know, it's just cool to talk to new people. I've met so many, like, met, and I use that word lightly because we haven't really met in person. But I have spoken to a lot of really amazing people so far, and um, it just keeps getting better. So I'm so excited for this episode today. It's sunny out. The sun is shining through my window. I'm recording from home. Um, It's just a good day, you know? Are you having a good day? I hope you are. I think everybody should have a good day at least once a week if you can, or a good hour. I mean, if, if you're working on that, you go for it. But um, I'm super excited. Today, we have on somebody I found on TikTok, right? How cool am I? Anyways, so I found this guy on TikTok. Um, I'm, I'll have him share like his TikTok name and stuff when I get him on. But he, um, his name is Technical Sergeant Justin Lee. He was in the Air Force for 13 years. I know like three seconds of his story or like 30 seconds, whatever TikTok shows you, but he's a good dude. Um, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. So I'm excited to learn about him with you. Right. Cool. So today's show is sponsored by Wisconsin Veterans Network, an established Wisconsin nonprofit ran by veterans for veterans. Their mission is to provide guidance and support for all veterans, whether guard, reserve, active, or even a bad discharge, looking for any kind of assistance in the state of Wisconsin. If you are a Wisconsin veteran looking for an answer, whether a simple question about benefits, you are currently homeless, or anything in between, give them a call today. You can find out more about them at wisvetsnet.org or on our website, aveteranspodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at A Veterans Podcast. All right, well, let's get him on the line. Hey, everybody. We have Justin on the line. Hey, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. I was just talking to him before we started recording, and I told him he's the first TikToker I reached out to. And I'm excited about it because you yeah, have like thousands of followers. Yeah, I've got roughly just under 78,000 right now. That's wild to me. How do you do that? Um, It, it all started out as a joke oh. in all reality. <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughters are huge TikTok fans and they, uh, they, they kept on talking about it, talking about it and 
the pandemic hit and we were under quarantine and I was like, oh, I'm going to make a couple videos, see, see where it goes. And I ended up, uh, blowing up on one of my videos and it's been uphill ever since then. That's so crazy. I mean, that's super awesome though. I, I try to be, um, TikTok famous and I haven't made it over like a hundred views on a video. So kudos to you, man. Cause you're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, so why did you join the military and, uh, why did you choose the air force? Um, so I joined the military mainly because I was kind of at a dead end. Um, I was working three jobs, having a tough time making ends meet and a large majority of my family. Um, I, and, and I'm, I mean, a large majority of my family served in the military, retired from, uh, the air force. So it was just kind of a, a road that opened up for me, and um, I decided to follow in the family's footsteps and, and join the military, and the Air Force was the best option for me. That's what I hear. I was in the Navy. So, you know, obviously we always hear that, like, the Air Force is the best branch because um, you guys get all the good stuff. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, they definitely treat us pretty well. Um, I mean – Put, putting us up in the best hotels and getting the best food and you, you, can't, you can't complain. The rumors are true. You heard it all yep. here first. The rumors <laughs> are true. Um, okay. So, and you joined in 2003. How old were you when you joined? I was 21 when I joined. Um, I had gone to college for a year after high school, decided it wasn't for me at the time. And, uh, Slacked off for a couple of years, ended up going down a road that I really didn't want to go down anymore and decided I had to do something with my life and the military was the best option at the time. That's awesome. So did September 11th, 2001 have any impact on your career or like where were you when that happened? Does that moment stick out to you at all? Yeah, for sure. I was... Um, I was actually living in South Carolina at the time, and um, I'm, I'm originally from New York, so it, it kind of hit hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad was, was a cop in upstate New York for 25 years, and he, uh, he volunteered, went down, did search and rescue. Um, oh, wow. And I, I thought about going in right afterwards. Um, my sister was in at the time, and... She urged me to, to wait a little bit, and so I did. And it wasn't until uh, we went into Iraq that I enlisted. Wow. I mean, that that's a huge, like, direct connection um, to September 11th. And, man, thank your dad for, for that because that's awesome that he did that. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. It, it, well, it actually ended up. So uh, I went into the military in 2003, um, and in 2005, he actually took his own life. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. That sucks. Yeah, it was a rough road for me. <laughs> that sucks. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Man, I'm sorry I even took us down that road. Oh, no, it's fine. I, I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, you got to gotta 
bring the awareness to, to mental illness and, and stuff like that. So yeah, um, for sure. That's that's one of one of the things that I focus on on my TikToks, um, along with you know some politics and stuff <laughs> like that. But um, I, I I try to put some stuff out there about mental health because I struggled myself with it too. So yeah, I think that's um, a pretty common theme with most of us, I guess. Uh, struggle with mental health once, even once you get out, you know, you may not realize it once you're in the military, but when you get out, I feel like that's the first thing that kind of hits you in the face. Like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Maybe I'm not okay anymore. You know, like, cause yeah. you're not going a million miles an hour and everything oh, yeah, slows sure. down. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, this is not good. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, you lose your support system, you lose the camaraderie that you're used to on a daily basis. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a tough transition for sure. Yeah. So why did you get out of the military and was it your choice? So it actually wasn't my choice. I was medically retired back in 2016 because of my mental health. Okay. Um, because of my mental health as well as I, uh, my body was falling apart. Imagine that. Yeah. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> you have like the knees but, of a 90 year old. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, in the past eight months I've had three hip surgeries and oh, I'm getting ready goodness. to have another surgery on my left arm. So it's, uh, yeah, it, body started falling apart. My mind started falling apart and, um, I was medically retired uh, after 13 years. Okay. Um, so was it something that you were expecting or did it kind of catch you off guard? Were you able to prepare it all to get out? Um, kind of walk us through like when you found out you were getting out and what you did to either help or hurt yourself, I guess at that point, um, before you got out. So in 2015, um, I was told that I was going to be med boarded and, um, that took about a year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, deep down inside, I I knew that the time was coming that I was going to end up having to, to leave. And, um, you know, you, you go through taps and like that but it how it did you how did you, you feel about taps <laughs> what is your take on taps because I didn't have a great experience and most of um the people I've had on have not had a great experience so I'm curious if Air Force taps is better no not really I mean <laughs> the only thing the only thing that I I got out of it was building a resume and I had already done that you know mm-hmm. so but as far as how to deal with the VA and how to pre- mentally prepare yourself to, to be out and lose that camaraderie, lose your uh, circle and, and all of that, I mean, it, it really didn't prepare me at all for, for what was really going to happen. Mm-hmm. And did you, did they set you up with like, working on your disability claim and stuff while you were doing your med board? Cause I know some people are able to do that. Um, were you yeah. able to kind of set all that up? So when you got out, that was already kind of in the works for you. 
Yeah. So by the time I got out, I had actually already gotten my disability rating and, and all of that. So, um, with the med board process, that was, that was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it, it took me a long time to, to fight to get the percentage that I would, that we're all after going after, you yeah. know, that hundred percent. Um, but yeah, they, they set me up pretty, pretty well when it came to, um, to the VA. That's good. So did you, you want to make it a career, like a 20 year career or were you kind of over it and you were okay with, um, being medically retired? No, I, I had planned on doing 30. I, I had set myself up to make E9. I had gotten my associate's degree through the, through the Air Force, uh, community college of the Air Force. I'd gotten a bachelor's degree. I was working on my master's degree. So I had set myself up to, yeah. Holy to cow. make, <laughs> yeah, I, I had set myself up to make E9 and I, I planned on doing as long as I possibly could. And so, when that time came and, you know, they said you're done after 13 years, it was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was medically retired after 10 years. So I kind of get that whole process of you're focused on your long-term to retirement date. And then all of a sudden it's like, just kidding. Now everything you've known as an adult is over. And it's kind of like, how do you, how did you kind of process that going from a majority of your adult life was in the service, you know, besides those first couple of years, but how was that difficult for you to kind of like accept or um, were you kind of just like, once it was told to you, you were like, okay, now let's just focus on getting out or where was your head at with all that? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't process it at all. I, kind of threw it in the foreground or threw it in the background and didn't really deal with it at first every year. You know, I, I see my friends being promoted and, um, I would, I'd be like, man, you know, I, I know for a fact I would have made it this year. Mm -hmm. And then for several years, I, I kept doing that. Like, man, you know, I'd, I'd probably be a senior mass sergeant by now, man, I'd probably be a chief by now. Mm -hmm. And, it probably, it took me a good three, three and a half years to finally be like, you know what? I, I, I did very well while I was in the military. I gave it all that I, I possibly could. Um, you know, it was just my time. And so, yeah, initially I, I didn't process it at all. Yeah. I, I found myself doing the same thing. Like, oh, I, I totally would have made chief by now. I totally would have, you know, when you see all, all the people you came in with, making rank and you're like, gosh, that could have been me, you know? And then it, you almost like, it almost reopens the wound when those things happen and people are posting about it. At least that's what I felt like. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I felt the same exact way. So what is one of the things that you miss the most? I know you've kind of mentioned like the camaraderie and stuff like that, but what's something that stands out to you as like, oh my gosh, like, this is what I miss about being in the military. People don't get it or whatever the case is. I just miss the the structure and the, the 
constant support that you have and um you know it's just the, the respect mm-hmm. that that you're given the, the respect that you give um i just miss uh, there, there's so much that i miss about the military like I, people always ask me would you do it again i'm like yeah if they call me tomorrow i'd, I'd be back in a heartbeat right? if i could sign me up yeah. i'm going <laughs> yeah you know but I, I i just miss i just miss the structure and um i just feel like society has gotten so what's the word soft uh, people have people have just become so soft and disrespectful these yeah. days mm-hmm. that you know i and uh, i i really wish that the country as a whole could take a look at the military and see that you know it, it doesn't matter the race it doesn't not to say that it you know, it doesn't exist in the military, but, mm-hmm. you know, we all have respect for each other. We all treat each other, um, you know, uh, everybody's, the same. Yeah. Either. Everybody's a, an airman, a soldier, a Marine, a sailor, whatever. There's no, like, at least even for me as a female, it was not male or female. You were a sailor. Like, I don't care who you are, you know, at least that's right. how I looked at it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this is a random question just because I'm curious your input. (laughs) So you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But do you think it should be mandatory for people to serve in the military? Um, I I don't know. It's kind of a tough one because I I think it would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think our country would be in a much better place. Um, especially with all the stuff that's going on these days. Um, yeah. cause you know, in the military, we, we know how to get along. We, we, we figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just can't cut it. Yeah. There, there are, there are people out there that the military structure is, is not for them. So, you know, to the ways, way that the ways, the ups, ups and downs of that, uh, you know, make being mandatory and having people that shouldn't be in there or, you know, keeping it voluntary and, and having the people who want to be there. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a a tough question. Yeah, no. And I, and I think about it too. Like I can't imagine standing along some, uh, alongside somebody trying to do an evolution or a a mission and they don't really want to be there. They're just there because they have to be. Right. You know, and, and so I think like in that respect, it's probably not a good idea. But, you know, I think. I don't know, like you said, I think it would give a lot of people more respect. That might be a nice thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. So what um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you made during your transition out? Like if you could go back hindsight 2020 and look, you know, tech sergeant Justin Lee in the face and say, Hey man, do it this way instead. What would you have done? I think the biggest regret that I have is when they told me that I was being medically retired, I said, okay, I just kind of gave up. And if I knew that I could have fought the pro- the process, Um, cause they really didn't give me that insight. 
if, if I knew that, that I could have fought back and fought for my military career, uh, I definitely would have done that. And, um, you know, instead they told me, Hey, you're, you're done. Your time's up. I, I just kind of rolled over and said, all right. So, um, that's that a- and I, I, with it being medical. So mm-hmm. when I got out, I was struggling with my mental health, got out and I was struggling even worse with my mental health. Mm-hmm. And there was no, there was no direction with that. Um, they didn't tell me that, you know, I didn't have to have a referral to seek mental health off base. They didn't, they didn't tell me any of this stuff. So I got out. I was completely unprepared because I was used to being able to just go to mental health on base right? and getting yeah. my medication and I was good to go. Um, and then I was out and all of a sudden, Hey, we can't see you anymore. And I had no clue how to get a psychiatrist, get a counselor, any of that. So, um, right. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's how I felt too, is they, they essentially like, here's your medical while you're in and, and you just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. And then you get out and come to find out you were supposed to see your primary care first to find out you can go see a psychiatrist, but first you got to reopen it all with your primary care and maybe they'll give you a referral. And then if you don't get a referral, then you pay way more than you should. Oh, and by the way, if you go to the VA, you're going to wait 10 weeks before they can see you the first time. Right. And I have never, to this day, I have never stepped foot in a VA for medical care. (laughs) Well, good for you. Because I went went for mental health and the the psychologist, right? That's not the medication one. The guy who listens said to me after 20 minutes, your case isn't that severe, so you're going to have to wait eight weeks before I can see you again and send me on my way. 20 minutes. Jeez. And they wonder why there's such an issue with veteran suicide. Exactly. Well, and that's what, uh, after, um, after I got out of the military, I sat around and sulked for about a year. And finally, I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to change to where people don't have to deal with what I, I dealt with? what I, I, what I dealt with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually got my master's degree in clinical counseling and became a counselor. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you, man. That's awesome. So do you, do you it's- see like veterans then, or do you, are you specific to that or do you see anybody or how does that work? Yeah, I see veterans. Um, that's that's all I work with, veterans and first responders, because, I mean, first responders have the same kind of trauma that military does. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, so I see strictly veterans, first responders, um, and I don't charge them. Uh, every Everything that I do is free for them. Wow, good for you, man. That's awesome. I'm learning so much about you today. I'm so excited. This is great. Like your story is just, it's so amazing. 
This is awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, moving on, because I will talk forever about all of that. Um, so what is, like, one of the hardest things you had to accept when you got out of the military? So, like, for me, it it was I no longer identified as, like, oh, I'm Kelsey, and I was in the Navy, or I, I'm in the Navy, or whatever, and trying to explain to people, like, I'm Kelsey, and I'm a 32-year-old college student. That was difficult for me. Did you have yeah. anything like that? For a little while. Um, you know, the, after a while, the, the stripes kind of become your identity. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean... I I struggled with that, and then trying to think of, of other things that that I really struggled with. Um, yeah, I think it was just mainly that I, I was no longer I was no longer Tech Sergeant Lee. I was just Justin Lee, um, college student, and and now famous TikToker. <laughs> now famous TikToker. You can tell your daughters yeah, I said that. <laughs> I will. I will. But yeah, it's, it's just building building that identity back up again because mm-hmm. you know all of us we we identify as as what we are in the military, mm-hmm. and that that becomes who we are. And trying to figure out who I was again was was really tough. It's almost like you have to, for lack of better words, unbrainwash yourself. You know what I mean? Like brainwash is a hard word and I don't necessarily like to use it because I I didn't feel brainwashed in the military. But you have to undo everything you did to a certain extent. Right, right. And that's tough. Uh, Yeah. it was really tough, especially when you're getting out and, you know, you're, you're dealing with the civilian side of the world, mm-hmm. you know, the, these days, the, they lack the discipline, they lack the respect, they lack so many things that we have in the military. So, you know, you're going to, to work somewhere else, you know, all of a sudden you just become this number that, you know, you're replaceable at any time, which, in all reality, I, I kind of felt like when I got out of the military, I, I felt like that was how I was treated when I got out. Like, oh man, was I was I really just a number? Mm-hmm. Like, they just replaced me like I was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, dealing dealing with society, it, it was it was a complete change for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and it it's not like you can um, if you get frustrated with somebody you work with in the military, you could just cuss them out essentially. Right. In the civilian world, they really frown upon that. HR doesn't (laughs) really appreciate that as much as military people do. (laughs) Right. Right. I think that was uh, the hardest thing for me when I started working in the civilian world, you know, cause I had like, I worked at like a retail store and, um, and a coffee place without naming their names. Um, and people would tell me that I was too intimidating because I just had like resting bitch face all the time. 
I, I get that all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm, six, I'm six three, 245 pounds, and people are always like, you are so intimidating looking. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what to, I, I don't know how to fix that. You're just a big old teddy bear. I know the difference uh, now. No, I'm just kidding. Once, once people get to know me, they realize that, but. But yeah, I think it's, it's difficult to, how do you approach people in the civilian world? Because it's not the same as in the military. You know, I think for us as people who served, we served where we fought for everything. You know, we fought for what we believed in. We fought for our job. We fought. And that's what our brain was kind of like trained to. So when you get out, you want to fight for everything and make everything a crisis so you can fix it. And that just makes it worse. Yeah. For, for the longest time, I, did, I didn't I didn't address society at all. I isolated myself. Um, I, I would rarely leave the house just because I didn't know I didn't know how to anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, us in the military, we've got these dark sense of humor. So we'll sit there <laughs> and we'll laugh about the most jacked up thing <laughs> you, anybody can say. It's and very true. You, you try to drop that in. Normal, uh, normal society, and people look at you like this person is sick. Yeah, like, what <laughs> what is wrong with them? Oh my gosh! I think the first time I had said in a, a group of civilians who nobody had ever served, I said, "Not today, ISIS," and I was like making a joke, like "You're not going to get me today," and they all looked at me like, "Did she just make a joke about ISIS? Like, can you do that? Are you allowed?" And I'm like, "Look, we say it all the time. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just who we are. We we develop these dark sense of humor, and you know, in the military, you can sit there and say whatever you want to say, as jacked up as it as it is. You know, we're all we're all going to laugh about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do miss I do miss those days. We had a where I work. I work for a nonprofit for veterans and. Um, we had a motorcycle club come in, a bunch of leathernecks. And, you know, they were talking sassy, as I say now. You know, like the old days. And I was like, man, that was refreshing to just, you know, shoot the breeze and say things that probably would have offended normal people, but we, we could just get away with saying dumb things back and forth and picking on each other and saying inappropriate things that would probably hurt somebody else's feelings. But, right. you know, I get it. I get it. So... So let's talk about some positives because I don't want to focus on all the negatives. But what was one of the biggest challenges that you overcame since getting out of the military? Finding myself. That That was the biggest challenge I have ever faced in my life was finding myself again. And uh, by... You know, getting my master's degree in clinical counseling, I was able to find myself through helping other veterans. And, you know, it's, it's been the most rewarding thing I, I could have done in my entire life. Um, just to, to be able to hear the stories and, and you know, tell, tell people and actually mean it. I know what you're going through. I, I, I've, I've been there. I've seen that. Um, that's huge. The, the, yeah, the relief that that gives them. Mm-hmm. Because 
you know, let's face it, a lot of these counselors out there, all they, all they know is counseling from a book. Mm-hmm. They haven't really lived life. They haven't, you know, they're 24, 25 years old and they've been in school ever since they got out of, out of, out of high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they know counseling out of a book. And I, I went to Northwestern University and um, oh, nice. got my degree from there. I graduated with 3.9 GPA. Ooh, I didn't buy a single. You are fancy. I didn't buy a single book. <laughs> I, didn't buy a, I, I didn't buy a single book the entire time. I lived. Shut I lived, up. I, uh, all of my assignments, I went off of my life. Nice. Yeah, like I had been, I had been through the different forms of counseling. I had, I had been through, you know, my own tough times. I had, I had done all this stuff, and that really opened the door to me doing great uh, while I was working on my master's. That's awesome. That, I mean, it's funny that you say you didn't buy any books because I don't think I bought very many books in college either because I had a lot of life experience. Um, yep. but I mean, it's just, it show it shows that your life experience is going to be so much more valuable to the people that you're counseling than anything you read in a book, you know? Absolutely. And, and like you said, when you look at them and say like, I get it, I've been there. Like you genuinely mean it because I've had, you know, counselors and stuff say to me, Oh yeah, I get it. And I'm like, uh, no, you don't. You don't, you don't get, and then immediately that, um, rapport is gone, you know, but for somebody like you to say that and, and mean that is definitely probably way more helpful than they and you realize sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and you can see it on their faces. Mm -hmm. You can see when because I'll, I'll give them a little bit of backstory of, of what I've gone through mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what I've experienced. And it's, it's like, it's just opening the door for them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so cool. So besides being TikTok famous, I know I keep saying that, but I'm just so impressed. Um, <laughs> what is the most successful moment you have had since getting out of the military? Uh, when I graduated from Northwestern. Did you like walk across I, the stage and everything? Yeah. Yep. I, Good for I you. went to Chicago. I went to Chicago, walked the stage. Um, we, uh, when I applied, so <laughs> I graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA. Okay. Nice. So, <laughs> So I was like, Solid. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I, I am so stupid. And then it wasn't, <laughs> oh, no. it, it, it wasn't until I, I got into the military that I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not as stupid as I think I am. Yeah. Maybe and you then, just didn't apply yourself very well. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I was going through my bachelor's degree and, um, you know, they, they said, all right, I graduated with my bachelor's degree with a 3.5 and I applied to Northwestern thinking, there's no way I, I get in because mm-hmm. uh, when I was accepted, they only accepted 6% of applicants. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the paper that I wrote was about my life. 
Mm-hmm. And so the director of the counseling program, she actually called me and she's like, I, I never do this, but I've got to ask you some questions because I read your paper and I am just fascinated. And so, um, you know, she asked her questions and she said, congratulations, you're being accepted into the program. And my advisor later on was like, you know, well, wh- what's your goal? What's your goal GPA? I was like, well, I graduated with a 3.5 for my bachelor's degree. This is Northwestern. I'm going to say 3.25. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I and, just want to pass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just want to pass. So to, to graduate with a 3.9 GPA um, and graduate from one of the most prestigious schools in the country, that is definitely the, the highlight. Um, yeah. At, after leaving the military. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. That that's just gosh. You're you're pretty cool, you know that? <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm just keeping it real over here, you know. That's what I do. I just keep it real. Um, so what is some advice that you would give to somebody who is going through the transition process right now? Like if they've found this podcast cuz were awesome, and now they're listening to it, and they're like, oh, I just need some good advice. What is some good advice that you would give a a service member who's transitioning out? Ask as many questions as possible. Um, You know, and if if you're going through a med board and you you think that you still have time in the military, you still want to pursue that, don't give up on it. Fight it. Fight as much as you possibly can because I had no clue that I I could have done that. Um, and then I would say, you know, don't give up on yourself. It's going to be a, a, a really hard transition. It really is. And finding yourself is hard, mm-hmm. very hard. And losing your identity is, one of the, it's not an easy thing to, to grasp a hold of. And so go after what you love. I love helping people. That's why I became a counselor. So, you know, don't ever give up on yourself. Just because things didn't work out the way they were supposed to, you know, or if, if you're getting out voluntarily, if this is what you want to do, go after what you love. Mm-hmm. The military has set us up with enough knowledge to to accomplish anything. That's awesome. That's great. That's great advice. So, okay, so what's going on in the life of Justin now? Like, do you have, um, obviously, you know, you can put your social media out there if you've got like a business or if you have like resources that help veterans or if you have like a cool merch line or something you want to talk about, or if you're writing a book, I don't know. The world is endless. What would you like to share with our listeners? <laughs> well, if, if you haven't already and, and you're on TikTok, go follow angry veteran. Um, I talk about, politics i do a little bit of humor um i focus on mental health 
a little combination of, of everything. Um, so if you're on TikTok, go follow Angry Veteran. Um, I also own a nonprofit, um, Project Unbreakable. If you want to go follow that. What's that um, about? So we do, we do mental health awareness, suicide prevention for veterans, first responders. That's where my counseling comes under. Um, that's, that's where I do my counseling out of. Okay. Uh, so we, we do a lot of, we do public speaking. Um, we go to conferences. We help with resources. We're partnered with the lead researcher in the country for veteran suicide studies, um, which he has an amazing program called Strive. Um, if you look up, if you Google Strive, Ohio State University. Oh, um, the Ohio look, State? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. He he just, just he just moved he just moved to Ohio State from he was at the University of Utah. Okay. Um, but he's got an amazing program. It's twelve days. You do cognitive processing therapy, um, equine therapy, all, all sorts of stuff. And mm-hmm. It's it's an area where you're surrounded by veterans and their families. It's it's such a great time. It really is and. He's got an 86% success rate at this point of, I'm, I'm going to say, curing PTSD. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So um, it's definitely a program. Again, that's Strive at the at, uh, Ohio State University. So, um, yeah, that's about it. I, Other than that, I'm, I'm focusing on my family. Um I missed about five years of my daughter's lives, so I'm I'm playing catch up on that, spending as much time as I possibly can with them, and beating them on TikTok. <laughs> That's it's so impressive. It really is. Like I, I just you know I mean everything you have shared today has been really impressive, and I've learned so much, and I'm so grateful you came on the show, but. I am super impressed. I think I saw one of your videos had like three point something million views. Like who does that? Yeah. Who does that? That's wild. I'm over here with like (laughs) 300 and I'm like, oh man, here we go. I'm making it big now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's starting to get to the point of where people are noticing me too. Oh, look at you. So, well, and and that's something that I don't want. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to be one of those people where I'm constantly someplace and people are bugging me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just don't want that, but you know, it comes with the territory. I, I have a good time doing it. Um, and I'm going to keep, keep doing it. Well, it's awesome. And I think it, it does help kind of take the stress off the stigma of mental health. When they see somebody, um, you know, like yourself, who's a big dude, who's tall, who's like manly or whatever, for lack of better words. But the fact that you talk about that stuff, I think is important for people to hear it, you know? And yeah, it, absolutely. And it kind of breaks that stereotype of what the the sad veteran looks like or the the angry veteran. You know what I mean? Like it just it gives it a whole new face, which is cool. Right. Yeah. And the, and that's, that's one of my passions. I, I love going out and 
and telling my story. Um, and eventually I've been planning on it for about the past six or eight months. I'm going to start writing a book about my life. Um, that way I hope it'll, it'll help other people realize that there is help out there. There's, there's resources, there's people who care. And so uh, eventually I will be putting out a book. Um, I just have to get past the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that I have, I have about it. Of uh, No one's going to read my book. Why would, why would they, why would they read a book about my life? You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you write your book, I want to do another interview with you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> don't just don't become too cool for our little baby podcast over here. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, Not at all. thank you so, so much for being on the show today and just taking some time out of your evening uh, to answer these questions and really just share some wisdom with us. I think, um, I think it's really cool to hear from other veterans who sometimes I, I personally feel like I'm the only one who has felt a certain way about something. And so it's nice to hear other veterans kind of uh, validate those thoughts, you know? So it's sure. selfishly, I have this podcast cause it's like therapy to me as well. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you got to find what you love and, you know, and just do it. Well, thank you so, so much. And, uh, I look forward to keeping in touch with you and reading your book when it comes out. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Have a great night. All right. Thank you, too. So that was cool. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, super fangirl on him about his TikTok. Um, You know, admittedly, I gave into TikTok during quarantine as well. I swear I was never going to download it, and now I just spend way too much time on it. But uh, we appreciate you listening today. Please share this podcast with a friend as some encouragement and, you know, if, if you ever need help, if you find yourself in a situation that is just so overwhelming and so, um, you know, you just, you need somebody to talk to, reach out to the Veterans Crisis Line. They are there and they have skilled professionals who would love to talk to you and just listen Okay, and the number for the Veterans Crisis Line is 1-800-273-8255. And then you're going to press the number 1. So once again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And then press the number 1. And they are there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, holidays, you name it. They are there to listen. Please do not feel like you are alone. You have us, you have friends, you have family. And if anything, reach out to me on social media. I'd love to chat. So you are not alone. We got your back. Thank you for listening to a Veterans Podcast today. To learn more about us, to hear previous episodes, or if you are interested in being on the show, you can find us at aveteranspodcast.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Wisconsin Veterans Network, 
a Wisconsin nonprofit operated by veterans and serving veterans in need. Till next time.